We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 662 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Friday, September 22nd, 2023. It is the final full day of summer for this year. Say goodbye to summer. Fall will begin on Saturday at 2.50 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, 2.50 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. So while some of you are sleeping, while others of you are engaged in deviant acts, fall will be beginning. The weather in the Washington, D.C. area lately has been outstanding. Uh, that is supposed to change with what is supposed to be a rainy weekend. Might we have a rainy game for the 2-0 Commanders against the 1-1 one one Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon at 1. Hey, a salute to the San Francisco 49ers. Your service is appreciated. A 30-12 route of the New York Giants on Thursday night football. The Giants fall to 1-2 and and are alone in last place in the NFC East. Uh, Yes, it is early in the 2023 regular season, but still. uh, And how about the other big news in our commander's division, the NFC East on Thursday. Dallas Cowboys corner Trayvon Diggs suffered a season-ending torn left ACL in practice. A massive loss for the Cowboys. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, brother of Bills receiver Stephon Diggs. Uh, They are from Maryland. And yes, the commanders will be seeing Stephon this Sunday afternoon. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, the only Washington, D.C. area sports podcast or show for which there is a new episode each weekday morning, Monday through Friday, with each episode out oh so early each weekday morning. This is the podcast that follows D.C. area sports so that you don't have to. Uh, Coming up on the show, in-depth preview of Commander's Bills. Next segment, I will talk Commander's offense, including key comments from assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy in a pre-practice press conference early Thursday afternoon. Lots of good stuff from Eric on quarterback Sam Howell. Lots of good stuff from EB on SH. Uh, I then will talk Commander's defense, including a positive development on the status of interior defensive lineman Deron Payne and 
Key comments from defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio in a pre-practice press conference on Thursday. I then will present to you rhyming keys, my keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion. Uh, And I then will give you my prediction for the game, a game for which weather may be a factor. We shall see. Also on the show, college football, Goldilocks, my previews and picks against the spreads for Maryland Navy, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. I will be discussing Maryland at Michigan State Saturday afternoon at 3.30, Virginia Tech and Marshall Saturday at noon, and Virginia home to NC State Friday night at 7.30. And I will talk Orioles and Nationals. As you may have noticed, I for a week now have been sticking with talking about the O's before the Nats. Uh, The O's have earned that with the season that they're having. Forget about clinching a playoff spot for the first time since 2016. The O's earning higher status on this podcast (laughs) is what truly matters. Although uh, the Orioles lead on the Tampa Bay Rays for the best record in the American League and for first place in the American League East is down to a game and a half. The O's lost at the Cleveland Guardians 5-2 on Thursday night. Uh, Thanks to some increasingly familiar problems, I shall explain. And the Nats, they on Thursday night got smashed by the major league leading Atlanta Braves at Nationals Park 10-3 on what was Commander's Night at Nationals Park. Commander's managing partner Josh Harris threw out the first pitch. I thought threw a pretty good first pitch, all things considered. You can tweet me, at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Joe on Commander's Edge Defender Montez Sweat writes, Joe, as you know, I followed you since your Team 980 days. Your pod is amazing. Keep up the excellent work, my friend. Thank you for that, Joe. Continues, Joe. I'm still very bitter over the name change. However, I still want the Commanders to win every Sunday for the fans. As Vinny Serrato <laughs> used to say, Al, I think that Montez Sweat is going to dominate this year. Although I do not agree with his COVID treatment approach, <laughs> I wish that this attached soundbite was played each time he makes a tackle or gets a sack. I think that this soundbite would summon his inner iron chic. <laughs> what say you, Al? Well, thank you. For that email, Joe. Boy, Joe in that email covered a lot of ground. <laughs> uh, he referenced multiple sound bites on the show, and he, with his email, attached a soundbite to use for Montez Sweat. All right, let's take a listen. Well, I'll tell you what, that is pretty good. I mean, that is one of the great songs of the 1990s, Gonna Make You Sweat, parentheses, Everybody Dance Now, by CNC Music Factory. I always love songs with parentheses in the title. Gonna Make You Sweat, huh? Parentheses, Everybody Dance Now. Oh, now I know the song. <laughs> uh, that is a great song, though. Uh, and yes, Montez Sweat has been outstanding so far this season. Email from Sterling Porter, CPA. Uh, subject, should I trust the Durs? Right, Sterling. I am somewhat torn on who to start for my fantasy football matchup. I have the Buffalo Bills defense and have Josh Allen. Can I trust our Durs enough to sit the Bills defense in favor of the New York Jets defense going against New England and to start either Tua versus the Broncos or Lamar Jackson 
versus the Colts. Yes, I have three quarterbacks. It's a long story. Anyway, I want to make this decision with my head and not my heart. I'll be rooting heavy for the Commanders to have a statement victory on Sunday. But as you know, we have been let down so many times in the past. Is it truly going to be different this time? What are your thoughts? As always, love the show and keep up the good work. Uh, Thank you for that email, Sterling. Yes, uh, you should trust the Durs. This game against the Bills is going to be tough, and the weather does not appear as if it will be very good. Uh, And look, I'm not feeling great about the Commanders winning the game, but I do think that we'll see a respectable showing. I'd be surprised and very disappointed if the Commanders got smashed this Sunday afternoon. And as I will discuss during Rhyming Keys, uh, the Bills have given up some big plays, so the Commanders could put up some yardage on Sunday afternoon. And speaking of that, underdog fantasy. Uh, This NFL season, am partnering with Underdog Fantasy. I'm making fantasy football picks for Commander's games in terms of Underdog Fantasy's higher, lower totals for each game. Uh, Underdog Fantasy is great. It is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. And Underdog Fantasy is offering something special for listeners of this podcast. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free, free money. So here are my picks for Commander's Bills. I'm playing two higher lower totals. Uh, The rushing yardage total for Commander's quarterback Sam Howell is 12 and a half. That's it. Now, Sam over two games his regular season only has 24 rushing yards, but I do like Sam to have higher than 12 and a half rushing yards. Uh, The NFL is not college football, which counts yardage lost on sacks against a quarterback's rushing yardage total. Sam should be able to accumulate more than 12 and a half rushing yards, especially if the weather is a factor. A lot of rain is expected in the Washington, D.C. area this weekend. So Sam Howell, higher than 12 and a half rushing yards, and the touchdown pass total for Bills quarterback Josh Allen is one and a half. Uh, I would love for Josh to end up having zero touchdown passes, but uh, I will take Allen to have higher than one and to have touchdown passes. Uh, Maybe the total ends up being just two, but uh, him having more than one and a half touchdown passes uh, is pretty doable. So Sam Howell, higher than 12 and a half rushing yards, and Josh Allen, higher than one and a half touchdown passes. And all of this is through Underdog Fantasy. I'm making fantasy football picks for each commander's game. You can join me via a great deal. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. If you sign up now with promo code GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Hey, if you are looking for an amazing Washington Commanders fan community to be a part of, uh, to placate your burgundy and gold obsession, make bgobsession.com 
your Washington football fan destination. BG Obsession, or BGO, has been the home of the most knowledgeable, friendly, and passionate Washington fans on the web since 2009. BGO is a special place at which you can join your fellow fans for some smart football discussion, great contests, game day chats, even lifelong friendships. What are you waiting for? Visit and join BGO at bgobsession.com, home to your burgundy and gold obsession. Uh, a big game for the burgundy and gold this Sunday. The 2 and 0 Commanders home to the 1-1 Buffalo Bills Sunday afternoon at 1. It is not looking like Commanders tight end Logan Thomas will be playing in this game. He, for Thursday afternoon's practice, was listed as not practicing for a second consecutive day. Uh, this due to the concussion that he suffered in the 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos this past Sunday. The good news is that the only other commander's active roster players on the injury report were listed as full participants in practice for a second straight day. Running back Brian Robinson Jr., who's dealing with a hip issue, receiver Curtis Samuel, who's dealing with a hip issue, and center Nick Gates, who's dealing with a knee ailment. For the Bills defense, two key players who were listed as not having practiced on Wednesday were listed as having been limited participants in practice on Thursday. Edge defender Leonard Floyd due to an ankle and safety Micah Hyde due to a hamstring. Uh, Linebacker Terrell Bernard was listed as a limited participant in practice for a second consecutive day. He's dealing with knee and quad problems. Commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy on Thursday did his weekly pre-practice press conference, which started shortly after 12 p.m. This was Eric on what the commanders will be facing in the Bills. Well, first and foremost, they're a great defense. Um, <laughs> we've had a few uh, battles with them when I was in Kansas City over the past four or five years. It seemed like every year, maybe 10 years, it seemed like. But uh, this team, is they're, they're a great team. Obviously, what they're doing on offense speaks volumes. Quarterback is, uh, is a special man. I mean, he obviously has a lot of great players around him. On top of that, defensively, I mean... They're pretty damn good. I've known Sean, Sean McDermott since 1999. It's kind of amazing that uh, all of our relationships started in 1999 in Philly uh, when we were all there together. So I know the character of the coach and knowing the character of the coach, I'm not shocked nor surprised uh, of the success they, that they've had. And so when you're facing this defense, you know exactly who they are. You know their DNA. And at the end of the day, we just got to make sure that we remain poised and we understand this game plan here is going to take a little bit of patience. Okay? We got to be patient to drive the length of the field because they don't play a, 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 a defense where they're willing to give up a big play. That's not who they are. These guys are very sound. They're very fundamentally sound, excuse me. They're very disciplined. They do a great job of over-communicating, and they play hard and they play fast. So this is one of those opponents. You know, that obviously every week is a, a great test, but this is a great test for us at this particular time. And it's a great test because if our focus, attitude, and determined mindset is in the right place for 60 consecutive minutes, we'll give ourselves a chance to have a chance. Yeah, so Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach, and now their defensive play caller, he was the Philadelphia Eagles scouting administrative coordinator 
1999. The 1999 Eagles had current commander's head coach Rod Rivera as linebacker's coach, had Eric Bieniemy as a running back, and had Sean McDermott as scouting administrative coordinator. Uh, we all know that the position of linebacker is fading, but the Bills and Matt Milano have one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Milano, over two games in this regular season, has an overall grade per pro football focus of 89.9, which is terrific. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday raved about Matt Milano. Take a listen. Uh, let me give Mr. Milano uh, uh, his, his flowers. He is a beast. I am a fan of his he's made uh over the years we've played i mean i can't i can't speak enough volume uh for him because first of all he probably doesn't get the respect that he that he that he should he flies all over he makes a number of a uh, number of tackles uh throughout the course of the game on top of that he can cover you know and then in that scheme he's just a key integral part in what they do and you guys got to understand i've known les frazier for well over half my life i've known sean mcdermott for well over half my life so i understand the position that that kid is playing and all the uh, accountability that falls on his shoulder so i'm a huge fan a Mr. Milano, and they need to give him his respect because he's just a hell of a player. I love what he brings to the table. He's a guy that plays hard. I mean, he he's a physical player in the run game. On top of that, he can cover. And then when it's 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 all said and done, when he's gonna find a way to make a play. Hell, I don't. You guys probably saw that damn interception he made last week, which. It was unbelievable. It doesn't shock nor surprise me. If anybody was gonna do that, it was gonna be him. So, hats off. Great player. I have been a big fan of the modern, aggressive way with which Eric Bieniemy has been calling plays. He has been calling a lot of passing plays, especially in first halves. Judging an offense in terms of pass versus run tendency is tricky with second half plays because score and game situation so often dictates second half play calling. But Eric, over the commander's first two games of this regular season in terms of first half plays, has had a combined 62 passing plays versus just 16 rushing plays. Now, I say has had as opposed to has called because some of these plays can be run pass options. But what we have seen from the commanders over two games is a big boy 2023 style offense. Uh, This has been really refreshing. This was Eric on Thursday on his play calling so far. First of all, we got a heck of a staff. Okay, our staff does an outstanding job of uh, working, making sure that we have a complete understanding of the opponent that we're facing. On top of that, we're always dotting our I's and crossing our T's. When we're putting our game plan together, we want to make sure that it's very diverse in many areas. So uh, obviously we want to run it. We also want to throw it, but we also understand that in certain situations, you got to make sure that you're giving your best players an opportunity to go out there and be their best. So, you know, for us, we're going to go with whatever we're feeling throughout that particular time. There is no such thing to say that we're just going to come out and run the ball in this particular game or we're just going to throw the ball in this particular game. Now, we have a diverse offense. We got a lot of guys who brings a lot to the table. And the beauty of it is, is that, you know, I'm very fortunate to have a coaching staff that understands that we got to make sure that we have a complete understanding of the opponent that we're playing so we can give our guys answers when needed. 
And with Eric Bieniemy's guys, uh, this was Eric on Thursday on if he's still learning how to best deploy his commander's players. You know what? We're still learning. And, and at the, I think you're always learning your guys because certain guys are going to do certain things in certain moments and other guys are going to do other things. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I think we got the pulse for who we are. But on top of that, you never want to put anybody in the box. You want to make sure that you're giving them every opportunity to show off exactly who they are and what they're about. And I think that's the, the most important thing of, of coaching is developing those relationships, not saying where well, he can't do that or he can't do this. No, I want to give guys an opportunity to show me what they can or cannot do. And I think that's important for us as a, as a team, but it's also important as a coach to, to, to not put anybody in the box and, and just allow those guys to be the very best of themselves. And part of that is what quarterback Sam Howell talked about during his pre-practice press conference on Wednesday, that he is having input on Eric Bieniemy's play calling. Here was Eric on Thursday on factoring in Sam's thoughts and preferences into the play calling. Well, let me just say this. First and foremost, I learned a long time ago, learned this as a player, and I've learned it as a coach. If players like certain things, guess what? They're going to try their best to make it work. So as a coach, you always want to give your quarterback that opportunity to have a ranking in certain situations. That way now you're giving him the green light to take ownership in what we're doing. That way now, hey, this is the play that he chose. Uh, He should have a complete understanding of the what's, the why's, and the how's. And he should also have a complete understanding of why we believe this play should be successful with Sam taking ownership with that, it forces him to take ownership, but also, too, it puts that ownership on the players as well. So, you know, I've been accustomed to learning a lot from Coach Reed. This is something that I've learned from him as a coach, and it's, it's, it's a great deal and a great sense of ownership that you're giving to your quarterback. So I love it. I like the idea that when we come to the sideline, when things don't go right, he could tell you exactly what happened. Or he can tell you, hey, you know what? I should have did this or I should have did that. Well, hey, they didn't give us the coverage, the exact coverage, you know, but this should have happened. So I, I love the fact that he has that ownership. The Eric Bieniemy sam Howell tandem certainly seems to be in a good place. I mean, what's going on with the Chicago Bears, the mess that is Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who clearly is not happy with the way that he's being coached. Boy, does that make you appreciate what seems to be a very healthy, very promising dynamic on the commanders between Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell. More from Eric on Thursday on Sam. But I can just say this about Sam. Sam's a very mature kid. I mean, obviously his dad was a, was a, is a coach, excuse me. And Sam is very honest. Um, he's very quiet in a sense but he has a calm demeanor but he's confident so as we put the game the game plan together I want him to have ownership in what we're doing and so if he's taking ownership that's letting him know that he can trust in us that we're giving him the levity of saying hey you know what I like this particular play at this moment and so that's how trust and bonds are formulated that's how teams are built and so we want to make sure that Sam feels comfortable in everything that we're doing and that's what it's about 
Yes, it is. Uh, Something with Sam Howell that will continue to be part of his evolution as a quarterback is managing wanting to make big plays downfield while also adhering to the internal clock uh, by which he makes throws quickly. Uh, This was Eric Bieniemy on Thursday on this issue. You know what? Um, we, we talk about that all the time. Timing, spacing always equates to timing. And then on top of that, you know, I don't think there's any coach in the, in the, in the league to tell you that, hey, you got you to gotta get rid of the ball because that's probably the number one message that you're giving all quarterbacks. But on top of that, you want him to have a great feel for what you're doing. And so I think more than anything, it's, it's his – It's his opportunity to show, but he just got to develop a feel. And every time, and I'll continue saying this, every time he's dropping back, he's running a play, something that shows up or pops up in that particular time, it's probably the first time that it has happened to him. And you can see it because sometimes when he's slightly hesitant, something probably didn't process the right way, and it's probably a little different for him, so you can see where he'll pause. Obviously, we talk about being decisive. So if there's something that throws you off, make sure that alternate plan kicks into your head right away. Let's not stay with it. You know, let's make sure that we have the answer. And so that's our number one job of making sure and giving him a complete understanding throughout the course of the week. Yes, we have a primary. Yes, we got a secondary. All right. But if it's not there, what what is the the next thing that you can do? And we got to continue progressing to that. I thought as the game went along, I thought he did a great job of getting to the, the third and fourth options. And when there are no good options in terms of throwing, we know that Sam Howell can run. And Eric Bieniemy on Thursday made that point. One thing we always want to make sure make sure that he's mindful of, we can always extend the play. Okay. Sam's a great athletic kid. You know, so when things ain't right, he has an opportunity to make something happen with his feet. So we always want to provide that option for him. And that's one of those alternate plans that we discuss all the time. So when things ain't perfect, what are you going to do to make it right? One thing that he has to do, he has to keep his eyes downfield. He got to be able to pick up his receivers and locate them. Also, he got to understand exactly what took place in the pocket in order to uh, for it to fail. So if he has that feel and he's developing it, okay, but also keeping his eyes downfield. All right. Now great things can happen. And you got to understand this is I mean, hell, we're going on week three, you know, and so I'm just glad he can take a snap and and, and repeat the plays (laughs) that we're giving him. But he's way past that. So but there's still some things that he could got has to continue to add to his tool belt. And I think he's doing a great job of that at this particular time. Sam Howell threw two games this regular season, four carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. He has had a big run at each game, the 2016 win over the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field in week one. Sam on a fourth quarter, third and goal at the six, had a six-yard shotgun scramble touchdown run. And the 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos this past Sunday, Sam on a third quarter, third and 10 for the Commanders at their 43, had a terrific 11-yard shotgun scramble on which he evaded multiple Broncos defenders for the first down. And the Commanders got five Additional yards thanks to a defensive holding penalty by former Washington corner Fabian Moreau. Uh, Sam's mobility is a major weapon that I think can be exploited even more. And here's something else that's true. If you have a case, you should contact Paulson and Ace. 
Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that is always ready to fight for you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace provides a passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Uh, how about this? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million. Yeah, Paulson and Nace has taken on Big Pharma and won. Uh, Clifton versus Georgetown University Hospital, a $50 million verdict for a young mother injured during childbirth. Uh, Bradley versus the United States of America, Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million, uh, this to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government <laughs> and won. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wrong but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. Well, I ask you guys all the time for the five-star ratings and for the nice written reviews of the podcast, and thank you for continuing to do those things. Uh, you on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate this podcast, and yes, the five-star ratings are very much appreciated, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long, can be just a sentence or two, but uh, these ratings and reviews help out a lot, so I appreciate you doing them. Very much. Uh, we move now to the commander's defense in preparation for their game against the Buffalo Bills this Sunday afternoon at 1. And we had good news regarding interior defensive lineman Duran Payne on Thursday. He, for Thursday afternoon's practice, was listed as a limited participant in practice. This off him for Wednesday afternoon's practice, having been listed as not practicing. So, some progress. Uh, he's dealing with a left ankle injury that he suffered deep into the fourth quarter of the 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos this past Sunday. The commanders do have some nice interior defensive line depth with John Ridgway and Abdullah Anderson, but obviously Teron Payne's availability matters a lot. Uh, him being a limited participant in Thursday afternoon's practice guarantees nothing for Sunday afternoon, but 
this was a step forward. Also, safety Quan Martin, he for Thursday afternoon's practice was listed as a full participant in practice. This up having been listed as a limited participant for Wednesday afternoon's practice. He for the win at the Broncos was inactive due to a concussion. With the Bills offense, tight end Dawson Knox for Thursday was listed as not practicing for a second consecutive day due to his back. Also, right tackle Spencer Brown, he for Thursday was listed as a limited participant in practice due to a shoulder off having not been listed at all on Wednesdays injury report. Uh, The commander's defense on Sunday afternoon will be facing one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen, for each of the last three regular seasons, 2020 through 2022, finished in the top six among all qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in ESPN's total QBR. Now, he in week one did struggle. Allen in the Bills' 22-16 overtime loss at the New York Jets on Monday Night Football committed four turnovers, three interceptions, and a lost fumble. And he took five sacks. But Allen in the Bills' 38-10 or out of the Las Vegas Raiders last Sunday afternoon, 31 of 37 for 274 yards and three touchdowns. And he committed no turnovers. And he took just two sacks. Uh, Josh Allen, of course, can run. Uh, He, for each of the last two regular seasons, has finished in the top two among all qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in clutch weighted expected points added through rushes, according to ESPN. That is a mouthful. (laughs) I will grant you that. Uh, But that is a great stat to look at for rushing production for a quarterback. Commander's defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio on Thursday did his weekly pre-practice press conference, which started shortly before noon. Uh, This was Jack on Commander's defensive players on Sunday afternoon needing to strike the right balance between trying to make plays, but also trying to play within structure so as not to let Josh Allen run wild. Yeah, that's that's the key, you know, to to be on the hunt um, because you have to rush. And and you have to go, but you have to have that that awareness of the pack, so you so you keep them trapped. So that's that's the challenge. And, you know, it's a, when a guy's a big old gifted athlete like like Josh is, that's that makes it just a bigger challenge. Yes, it does. Uh, the Bills, of course, also have a really good receiver in Stephon Diggs, who, of course, is a local. Uh, he went to Our Lady of Good Counsel High School in only Maryland, then went to the University of Maryland. Diggs, for the 2023 regular season through week two, was 13th in the NFL in receiving yards at 168. Uh, the Bills have a big play receiver in Gabe Davis. Uh, took him in the fourth round of the 2020 NFL draft out of Central Florida. 126 career regular season receptions, a yards per catch of 16.7. Here's something to think about with the Bills offensively. They, in their blowout of the Raiders last Sunday afternoon, went forward on fourth down four times. So the Bills went three of four on fourth downs. Compare that to the 2022 regular season in which the Bills for the entire regular season went forward on fourth downs just 13 times. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on the Bills being aggressive on fourth downs. Tell yeah, you that's in. in their DNA. That's becoming more and more popular. I think people are going back and realizing what Jack Del Rio did in Jacksonville years ago. And <laughs> you know, I took I took heat because it was like you can't do that. That's not Madden that you're playing. No, it's uh, it's 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 prevalent in the league right now. Uh, teams are being aggressive going forward on fourth down, and, and certainly they they have shown that. 
Well, Jack Del Rio was the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach from January 2003 to November 2011. This may surprise you, but the Jags for the 2007 regular season had an NFL high 33 fourth down attempts. The Jags for the 2008 regular season had an NFL high 24 fourth down attempts. The Jags for the 2010 regular season had an NFL high 25 fourth down attempts. Forget about Riverboat Ron. Uh, Jack was uh, Riverboat Jack. Uh, Now, what about how Jack's commander's defense played in the 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos this past Sunday? Uh, The commander's defense really bad over the first quarter and a half, but then really good the rest of the game uh, in which the commanders overcame a 21-3 second quarter deficit. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on the performance of his defense in the win at the Broncos. Yeah, I think more than anything... um you know, we, we promised we'd uh, go in there and strain for 60 minutes, and uh, and it took every second of those 60 minutes. So that's, uh, you know, yeah, things happen. Plays are going to be made. Um, we're going to keep coming. We're, we're, we're going to be relentless. We're, we're going to be urgent, and, uh, and we're going to compete. The commanders in the win at the Broncos allowed the Broncos over their first three offensive drives to score three touchdowns, but the commanders over the rest of the game held the Broncos to just one touchdown and two field goals. However, that one touchdown that was allowed the rest of the game was brutal. Quarterback Russell Wilson, a 50-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Brandon Johnson on the Hail Mary throw as time expired in the fourth quarter, cutting the commander's lead to 35-33. The ball bounced and or was tipped three times before being grabbed by Johnson in the end zone away from safety Percy Butler. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on the Hail Mary that could have cost the commanders the game. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with commander's insider Ben Standing of The Athletic. It was um, poor execution uh, on our part to allow that to occur. And um, I'm for, I was, we were fortunate that we were able to make that play to get the stop after that. But, uh, yeah, we we feel like we're well prepared for that, but that obviously didn't come off the way you'd like. Is that a full-out review of what you guys are doing at Hail Mary afterwards, or is this like a sign? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, structurally and, and schematically, we're always going to look at everything that, that occurs and make sure we're doing the best things that we can to give us the best chance. And um, so, yeah, we did not execute – well there and um and that's a chance to grow yes it is uh jack del rio like commander's head coach ron rivera a former nfl linebacker the commanders through two regular season games have played just two linebackers on defense jamin davis and cody barton but cody at least somewhat surprisingly has played a lot more than jamin has played. Jamin Davis has played on 63.3% of the commander's defensive snaps. Cody Barton has played on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps. Washington took Jamin with the number 19 overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The commanders this past March signed Cody as an unrestricted free agent to a mere one-year $3.5 million contract. And yet, Cody is playing a lot more than Jamin is playing. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on whether Washington having taken Jamin with a first-round pick enters into Jack's mind regarding playing time for linebackers. I would say zero, about zero percent. And how, how do you... Involved in my thinking, zero percent. Yeah. I'd say what, what I'm thinking about is deploying 11 guys, 
against the things they're trying to do and give us the best chance to be successful, help help get the ball back for our offense, help the team win. Um, that's all we're about. So, um, uh, look, I think I think he's doing a good job. I think he's developing. I think he's playing. He's off to a really good start to the season. You know, so um, that's great. You know, and, and we need that from all our guys. And you know, where we where we weren't as sharp as we want to be, we we clean it up. Um, but we are moving forward, and it's all about Buffalo right now. And Jack Del Rio is right not to let how a player was acquired enter into how much that player plays. Jamin Davis playing so much less than Cody Barton is playing is odd, but it's important to note Jamin is playing well. Uh, his second quarter sack strip of Russell Wilson resulting in a lost fumble that was recovered by Cody Barton. A big play in the win at the Broncos. Well, just like the commander's defense ultimately did come through in the win at the Broncos, catering by Uptown will come through for you. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Uh, Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you're having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, Also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. No experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. This is a great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit cateringbyuptown.com That's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, the Commander's game against the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1 is the Commander's final game before a stretch of five of seven games on the road. Uh, The Commander's schedule is odd in this regard. Weeks 4 through 10, five of the team's seven games are on the road. Uh, This is a regular season in which the Commanders have nine road games versus eight home games. The 2-0 Commanders versus the 1-1 Bills. Uh, Washington is 2-0 in a regular season for the first time since 2011. Has not been 3-0 in a regular season since 2005, 18 years ago. How do we change that, my friends? It is that time. The time to rhyme. Uh, It is time for... Rhyming keys. My keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion. Now understand, these rhymes, they're not good, okay? They're not meant to be good. They are only meant to make a few points. And in fact, I have a saying for this segment the worse the rhyme, the better the time. So let's have a good time. Here we go. Hardcore analysis combined with scheduled fun. Rhyming keys for a commander's win over the Bills. How do the commanders win this game? We now rhyme the ways. Rhyming key number one, this is for the entire commander's offense. Look for the big play 
in order to have a good day. A lot has been made of the Bills in their last game, their 38-10 route of the Las Vegas Raiders last Sunday afternoon, just stifling Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, held them to nine carries for minus two yards. And that was impressive, no doubt. The Bills defense has some good players, no doubt, but the Bills also are without edge defender Von Miller. Uh, He is on the reserve physically unable to perform list as he recovers from a torn right ACL that he suffered last Thanksgiving. And the Bills for this regular season through week two were just 29th out of 32 NFL teams in fewest yards allowed per play. 5.75. You know, the Bills in their 22-16 overtime loss at the New York Jets on Monday Night Football in Week 1 gave up five plays, each of at least 20 yards, including a second-quarter 83-yard run by running back Brees Hall. Uh, The Bills in their blowout of the Raiders allowed the Raiders to average 6.15 yards per play. The Raiders in that game had just 39 offensive plays to the Bills' 74, lost the time of possession battle by 20 minutes, 8 seconds. The Commanders, uh, they, in their 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos last Sunday, averaged 5.88 yards per play, had six plays, each of at least 20 yards, including three plays, each of at least 30 yards. The Commanders have demonstrated an ability to generate the explosive play. Let's see more of that, because the opportunity will be there. Rhyming key number one, this for the entire commander's offense. Look for the big play in order to have a good day. Rhyming key for commander's bills. Number two, this is for the commander's defense. Don't get shook by James Cook. Obviously, the commanders need to do a good job on the Bills franchise quarterback, Josh Allen, who is not immune to the turnover, but How about Bills running back James Cook? The Bills took Cook in the second round of the 2022 NFL Draft out of Georgia. Uh, He is the younger brother of Jets running back Dalvin Cook, but James Cook has been quite good so far this season. Cook for this regular season, 29 carries, 169 yards. That works out to a yards per carry of 5.83. He threw week two for Pro Football Focus, was fourth among all NFL running backs in rushing yards after contact with 127. The commander's run defense should be good, but interior defensive lineman Deron Payne is dealing with this left ankle injury. If he's at less than 100% or if he does not play, uh, then what with the run defense? Uh, Still could be good, but stopping James Cook is a challenge. And know this, if you go by the win rate stats, from ESPN and the NFL's next-gen stats for this regular season through week two, the Bills were number 10 in the NFL in run-block win rate, whereas the Commanders actually were just 27th out of 32 NFL teams in run-stop win rate. And so rhyming key number two, this for the Commanders' defense, don't get shook by James Cook. And rhyming key for Commander's Bills, number three, this is for the entire Commander's team. Deliver for Ron, get a win over Sean, get the job done, unlike in the measuring stick game of 21. You know, something that has been said of our Commander's head coach, Ron Rivera, is that he has never been the same since losing Sean McDermott as defensive coordinator. Uh, Bills head coach Sean McDermott was Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator 
for the 2011 through 2016 seasons, which were the first six seasons of Ron Rivera's tenure as Panthers head coach. Uh, Ron's regular season record as an NFL head coach with Sean McDermott as defensive coordinator, 53-42-1. Ron's regular season record as an NFL head coach without Sean McDermott as defensive coordinator, 47-48-1. You know that Ron wants to beat Sean. And you know that Ron wants his team to respond to this measuring stick challenge in a much better way as compared to what happened in 2021. It is a funny thing. Ron Rivera, for a second time in three seasons, has labeled a week three game for Washington against the Bills as a measuring stick game. I talked about this on Thursday's show, episode 661. The measurement in week three of the 2021 season did not go well. Uh, Washington suffered a 43-21 loss at the Bills, but Washington now would seem to be in a much better place. What would it say? How great would it be for this measurement to go a lot better and for Washington to beat the mighty Bills at a sold-out FedEx field with 175 former Washington players in attendance for what is the team's annual alumni homecoming game? And so rhyming key number three, this for the entire Commanders team. Deliver for Ron. Get a win over Sean. Get the job done, unlike in the measuring stick game of 21. (laughs) I told you these rhymes are not good, okay? Uh, It is prediction time. The commanders per crab sports are plus six and a half. Uh, This is a tough spot for the commanders, especially if Deron Payne and tied at Logan Thomas do not play in the game. I don't feel great about the commanders winning this game, but I do like them plus the points, especially considering that there may well be heavy rain uh, for this game. And so give me the commanders. Give me the manders plus the six and a half final score. Bills 20, commanders 17. Well, Commander's Bills may be sold out, but if you are looking for great deals on tickets to other Commander's games, make sure that you download the GameTime app and use the promo code ALGALDI. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the GameTime app. GameTime offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee, so you no longer have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price, and if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about game time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on game time looking at tickets for Commander's games in the 2023 regular season. A lot of good deals, and the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting super easy. Game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. Game time is the app for last minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game time also offers flash deals on tickets and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use this promo code, Al Galdi. You use that promo code, Al Galdi, you get $20 off 
your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply, but download the Game Time app, create that account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. What time is it? It's game time. <laughs> download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, time now to talk college football. Week four, time now for Goldilocks. My college football previews and picks for Maryland, Navy, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. You surely have heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. This is Goldilocks, and it's brought to us by Crab Sports. Crab Sports is Maryland's number one sports book. Crab Sports is the only sports book that offers special boosts and parlays on all DMV area teams. In fact, if you go to crabsports.com between 5 p.m. Eastern Friday to 11 a.m. Eastern Saturday, you will see my Goldilocks picks in the boosted odds section. Yeah, you get boosted odds with my Goldilocks selections, making it easier for you to make money, money. <laughs> Again, crabsports.com. And know this, join now and Crab Sports will match your new customer first bet up to 200 Uh, Crab Sports is partnering with local hero brands and businesses to bring the best localized betting experience to Maryland. Crab Sports wants to remind you to please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years of age or older. So, no game for Navy this week. The midshipmen are 1-2. and Their next game is home to South Florida on Saturday afternoon, September 30th at 3.30. Goldilocks, game number one, Maryland at Michigan State, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The Terrapins per Crab Sports are minus 7.5. This is the Big Ten opener for the Terps, who are 3-0. and But will they at Michigan State get off to a good start? The Terps in each of their last two games have been down 14-0 in the first quarter, only to win the game in a rout. September 9th, a 38-20 win over Charlotte at CQ Stadium in College Park, Maryland. The Terps in that game overcame being down 14-0 at the end of the first quarter. They scored 38 unanswered points before a meaningless late fourth quarter touchdown by Charlotte. Last Friday night, September 15th, a 42-14 win over Virginia in College Park. The Terps in that game overcame a 14-0 first quarter deficit as they scored 42 unanswered points. 
The Michigan State Spartans are 2-1. and one. Uh, They're coming off a 41-7 home loss to then number eight Washington last Saturday evening. And oh, by the way, Michigan State is in the midst of turmoil. Head coach Mel Tucker has been suspended without pay due to sexual harassment allegations. The school intends to fire him for cause. Have you been following this story? A sexual assault awareness speaker, Brenda Tracy, she in December 2022 filed a sexual misconduct complaint against Tucker. She claims that he made unwelcome advances after she was hired to speak to the Spartans team about sexual misconduct and her experience as a rape survivor. She also says that Tucker... Uh, shall we say, pleasured himself without her consent during a phone call in April 2022. Now, Tucker has admitted to uh, pleasuring himself on the phone call, but also has said that the pleasuring was part of a consensual, intimate relationship. Uh, Whatever the case, secondary coach Harlan Barnett is serving as a Spartans acting head coach, and Mark D'Antonio, the winningest head coach in Michigan State football history, is serving as associate head coach. Uh, The Terps are not going to get off to a terrible start for a third consecutive game. Not against a Michigan State team in turmoil, are they? I tell you, if the Terps do get off to a terrible start for a third consecutive game, they better call somebody. Uh, just don't call Mel Tucker. Uh, give me the Terps minus seven and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Thank you, Snoop Dogg. Goldilocks game number two, Virginia Tech at Marshall. Saturday at noon, the Hokies per Crab Sports are plus five and a half. Who will be the Hokie starting quarterback? Tech fell to 1-2 with a 35-16 loss at Rutgers last Saturday. Hokies head coach Brent Pry went with Baylor transfer Kyron Drones as the team's starting quarterback. As the Hokies QB1, Grant Wells, was dealing with an ankle injury. Pry, during his postgame press conference, said that Wells, quote, was an emergency guy, end quote. Drones was mixed at best. Uh, Wells transferred to Tech from Marshall, so you know that he'd like to play on Saturday. Uh, Drones, during the portion of Wednesday's practice that was open to reporters, got most of the first-team practice reps, but hard to say how much that means. There's also this. Brent Pry on Wednesday said that true freshman quarterback William Pop Watson III has been suspended indefinitely. Due to a violation of team rules, Pop Watson was named the Gatorade Massachusetts Player of the Year in 2022. So a lot happening with uh, the Hokies at the quarterback position right now. The Hokies are not good. They have been all kinds of banged up. They, for the loss at Rutgers, were without two key receivers due to injury in Old Dominion transfer Ali Jennings and Middle Tennessee State transfer Jalen Lane, uh, each of whom got injured in Tech's 24-17 loss to Purdue at Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia on September 9th. Jennings' left foot was in a boot after that game. No timetable on his return. Lane suffered a hamstring injury. He was a game-time decision for the game at Rutgers, but ultimately did not play in the game, although Brent Pry on Tuesday said that Lane should play at Marshall. Uh, Pry on Tuesday also said that Tech for this game at Marshall should get back linebacker Alan Tisdale from injury. Uh, He did not play in the loss at Rutgers due to an unspecified injury, but still out for Tech will be safety Nasir Peoples, who's a key player on Tech's defense. He has missed the Hokies' last two games due to injury. It is unclear whether Tech For this game at Marshall, we'll have safety Jalen Stroman. Uh, He and the loss at Rutgers got hurt. Uh, The Marshall Thundering Herd is 2-0 and rested. Uh, Has not played a game since a 31-13 win at East Carolina on September 9th. 
Tech's run defense has been quite bad in each of the team's first three games this season. Marshall running back Rasheen Ali through two games is averaging 6.17 yards per carry over 36 carries and has five rushing touchdowns. Give me Marshall minus five and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. And Goldilocks game number three, Virginia home to NC State Friday night at 7.30. The Cavaliers per Crab Sports are plus nine and a half. This is the Wahoos ACC opener. You know, we just talked about Virginia Tech's quarterback uncertainty. What about Virginia's quarterback uncertainty? The Cavs, with their loss at Maryland last Friday night, fell to 0-3 as they, for a second consecutive game, blew a double-digit lead. Indications from UVA head coach Tony Elliott and UVA offensive coordinator and tight ends coach Des Kitchings in the days leading up to the game were that Monmouth transfer Tony Musket would be the Cavs' starting quarterback in returning from a one-game absence caused by an injured left shoulder that he suffered in the Cavs season opener, a 49-13 loss to then number 12 Tennessee at Nissan Stadium in Nashville on September 2nd. But the Cavs instead went with true freshman Anthony Calandria as their starting quarterback for a second consecutive game. Calandria began this game on fire. The Cavs, over their first two offensive drives, totaled 10 plays for 128 yards and two touchdowns. Calandria, over those two drives, went 5 of 5 for 109 yards and a touchdown. But Calandria, over the rest of the game, went just 18 of 34 for just 154 yards, no touchdowns, and three interceptions, and took three sacks, including a sack strip lost fumble. He in the fourth quarter committed all four of those turnovers, three interceptions and a lost fumble on a sack strip. Uh, Des Kitchings on Wednesday morning told reporters that no decision on a starting quarterback for this game against NC State had been made. Uh, the NC State Wolfpack is two and one and oh yeah, its starting quarterback is Brennan Armstrong who transferred to NC State from Virginia off a woeful 2022 season in what was Tony Elliott's first season as UVA head coach. I still don't get how Armstrong went from being really good in the 2021 season and Bronco Mendenhall's final season as UVA head coach to being so bad in the 2022 season and Tony Elliott's first season as UVA head coach. Not a good look for Tony Elliott. Uh, Armstrong can make mistakes, but he also can make big throws, especially off schedule. And you know that he wants to stick it to the Hoos. Additionally, NC State has two very good returners in receiver slash punt returner Jalen Coit and receiver slash kickoff returner Julian Gray. And the Hoos they have been really bad on special teams. The Hoos in the loss at Maryland gave up a first quarter 98-yard kickoff return for a touchdown by receiver Braden Wislowski. Give me NC State minus nine and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. All right, so your Goldilocks for college football week four, Maryland minus seven and a half, Marshall minus five and a half, NC State minus nine and a half. And do not forget crabsports.com between 5 p.m. Eastern Friday to 11 a.m. Eastern Saturday. You will see my Goldilocks picks in the boosted odds section. You get boosted odds with my Goldilocks selections, making it easier for you to make money money. Again, crabsports.com.
Well, the lead for the American League leading Orioles on the Tampa Bay Rays is down to a game and a half. The O's lost at the Cleveland Guardians 5-2 on Thursday night in game one of a four-game series. And the Rays on Thursday won. They scored two runs in the bottom of the ninth for a 5-4 walk-off win over the Los Angeles Angels on Thursday afternoon. So here is where we stand in this 2023 regular season with the O's. They are in American League best 95 and 58, but now are just one and a half games ahead of the Rays for the best record in the American League and for first place in the American League East. The O's lately have had a Jekyll and Hyde offense up and down, and the offense on Thursday night was back to being down. The O's in this 5-2 loss at the Guardian scored just two runs, totaled just seven hits, worked three walks, struck out 10 times, and went two for 10 with runners in scoring position. The seven hits were comprised of three doubles and four singles. Three of the seven hits came from one guy, Adley Rutschman. He is the Orioles starting catcher and number two batter went three for four with two doubles and a single. Ryan O'Hearn did have another big hit. Uh, He is the Orioles starting first baseman and number four batter, one for four with an RBI double as he and an Orioles, a two-run eighth, had a two-out RBI double to the right center field gap to tie the game at two. Yeah, that's the thing. The O's in this game did overcome a 2-0 eighth-inning deficit, but then the Orioles' bullpen happened. The Orioles' bullpen has become totally untrustworthy. Five Orioles relievers in this 5-2 loss at the Guardians on Thursday night combined to allow three runs in three innings. Now, D.L. Hall was good. He tossed one and a third perfect innings, and Jorge Lopez faced three batters and got two outs, but CNL Perez and Jacob Webb combined to allow three runs in the bottom of the eighth. Perez officially allowed three runs without recording it out. Uh, he, in what ended up being that three-run eighth for the Guardians, faced three batters and got no outs. Uh, he issued a hit-by-pitch and a walk and then gave up a single, and then Jacob Webb officially tossed two-thirds of a scoreless inning, but he and that Guardians three-run eighth issued two walks, including a bases-loaded walk for a 3-2 Guardians lead, and gave up a one-out bases-loaded RBI infield single for a 4-2 Guardians lead. Uh, Mike Bauman faced one batter and got one out. Uh, the Orioles starting pitcher on Thursday night was Grayson Rodriguez. He was pretty good. I mean, this guy lately has been nothing but good, you know, various degrees of good, but uh, one at least decent start after another. Uh, Grayrod on Thursday night, two runs in five innings with seven strikeouts. Uh, did give up five hits, but all of them were singles. Uh, did issue three walks, did throw a lot of pitches, but he also threw a ton of strikes. 99 pitches, okay, but 73 strikes versus a mere 26 balls. Grayson Rodriguez now over his last 11 starts, an ERA of 2.32. And so the O's this weekend have the final three games of this four-game series at the Guardians. Game two Friday night at 7.10. Dean Kramer will be the Orioles starting pitcher. Game three Saturday evening at 6.10. John Means will be the Orioles starting pitcher. And game four Sunday afternoon at 1.40. Kyle Gibson will be the Orioles' starting pitcher. The Rays this weekend have a three-game series at home against the Toronto Blue Jays, who are in second place in the American League wildcard standings.
Well, we on Thursday night at Nationals Park had the first of two games involving an arrangement between the Nationals and the Commanders. Uh, the arrangement is being called Capital Crossover. Uh, the second game will be a Commanders game. Their game against the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field on Thursday Night Football on October 5th. Capital Crossover features a variety of activities between the Nats and the Commanders. For example, Commanders managing partner Josh Harris on Thursday night throughout the ceremonial first pitch. But, you know, it's a funny thing. We've been talking about Commander's Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1 as a measuring stick game, uh, as was said by head coach Ron Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon. Well, the Nats on Thursday night, as a capital crossover was getting going, began a measuring stick series, a four-game series against the major league leading Atlanta Braves. And at least in game one of this series, the measuring did not go well. Uh, Just like the measurement for Washington at the Bills in September 2021 did not go well off Ron Rivera hyping that game as a measuring stick game. Uh, The Nats got ripped by the Braves at 10-3 at Nationals Park on Thursday night. The Nats now are just 7-17 over their last 24 games. Now for this regular season are 68-86, third worst record in the National League. And the Nats have a run differential of minus 138, second worst run differential in the National League. The Braves for this regular season now are a major league best 98-55 and with a major league best run differential of plus 225. Also now have a major league best 293 home runs and a major league best team OPS of 844. The 2023 Braves are a machine, man. Uh, Jake Irvin was an ad starting pitcher on Thursday night and He got victimized. Uh, He's been such a nice bright spot for the Nats this season, but Irvin on Thursday night got ripped. He allowed five runs in two and two-thirds innings. He gave up seven hits, a triple, two doubles, and four singles. He issued three walks. He recorded just one strikeout. He over his two and two-thirds innings threw a whopping 80 pitches, 46 strikes, versus 34 balls. Irvin actually tossed two scoreless innings, but then did not make it out of the top of the third, during which he allowed five runs on a triple, two doubles, and three singles. And then the Nats bullpen on Thursday night. Three Nats relievers combined to allow five runs in six and a third innings. Andres Machado tossed one and a third scoreless innings. Jose A. Ferrer allowed a run in a third of an inning. He faced four batters, but got just one out. And then we had Corey Abbott pitching the rest of the game. And Abbott on Thursday night ended up having one of the best bad pitching outings that you'll ever see. He allowed four runs in four and two-thirds innings. Bad. He gave up eight hits, two home runs, two doubles, and four singles. Bad. And yet, (laughs) he had eight strikeouts versus no walks. That's great. And he over 71 pitches threw a staggering 58 strikes versus just 13 balls. That's great. (laughs) So within the bad was some excellence. Very bizarre. I mean, if you're ever going to give up four runs in four and two-thirds innings, this is the way to do it. Eight strikeouts versus no walks, 58 strikes versus 13 balls. Uh, Abbott in the top of the eighth gave up a leadoff first pitch opposite field home run by Matt Olson to left field for an 8-1 Braves lead. The homer was Olson's major league leading 53rd home run 
of this regular season. Uh, as for the Nats offense, the Nats in this 10-3 loss to the Braves on Thursday night scored three runs, totaled eight hits, worked three walks, and went two for five with runners in scoring position. The eight hits were comprised of a solo homer and seven singles. Uh, yes, not exactly the kind of firepower that you need to beat the Braves, but the Nats' best hitter on Thursday night, believe it or not, was Alex Call. Uh, he is the Nats' starting left fielder and number eight batter, went two for three with a solo homer, a single, and a walk. A call in an Nats' one-run third had a solo homer to left field on a one-two pitch to cut the Nats' deficit to 5-1. Call in the bottom of the fifth had a two-out single to left center field, and call in an Nats' two-run ninth drew a one-out walk. Alex Cole has been arguably the Nats' worst hitter this season, and yet he was the Nats' best hitter in this game against the Major League Best Braves. Uh, go figure. Uh, but brutal games for multiple key Nats batters. Uh, C.J. Abrams as the Nats starting shortstop and number one batter went 0 for 5. K-Bet Ruiz as the Nats starting DH and number four batter went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Joey Manessis as the Nats starting first baseman and number three batter went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Uh, also with the Nats on Thursday, bad news on a key minor league pitcher. Uh, multiple reports that lefty starting pitcher Jake Bennett underwent Tommy John surgery this month and is expected to miss all of the 2024 season. Uh, Jake Bennett is the Nats' number 10 prospect for MLB Pipeline. Uh, the Nats took him in the second round of the 2022 MLB draft out of the University of Oklahoma, which is where uh, two other young Nats starting pitchers, Cade Cavalli and Jake Irvin, went to college. Uh, Cavalli underwent Tommy John surgery this past March, and now Bennett has undergone Tommy John surgery this month. Uh, and so, uh, the Nats this weekend have the final three games of this four-game series against the Braves at Nationals Park. Game two, Friday night at 7.05, Patrick Corbin will be the Nats starting pitcher. Game three, Saturday afternoon at 1.05, Yohan Adon will be the Nats starting pitcher. And game four, Sunday afternoon at 1.35, the Nats starting pitcher is to be announced. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 663. We'll have a lot for you on the Commanders. Off whatever happens in their game against the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field Sunday afternoon at 1. Also on Monday show, we'll talk Orioles and Nationals. The Osas weekend have the final three games of a four-game series at the Cleveland Guardians. The Nats this weekend have the final three games of a four-game series against the Atlanta Braves. And I, on Monday's show, will talk college football week four, which includes Maryland and Michigan State. Saturday afternoon at 3.30, Virginia Tech and Marshall. Saturday at noon, Virginia home to NC State. Friday night at 7.30, Liberty at FIU. Saturday evening at 6.30, James Madison at Utah State. Saturday night at 8. And Old Dominion home to Texas A&M University Commerce. <laughs> Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.